0: plus.
1: Hi everybody, welcome back to the Gallagher Shots YouTube and podcast channel. We are back with Champions League Preview. I am Scott, I'm your host for this one, and this week I'm joined by Daryl and Daniel. Daryl, mate, how are you?
2: Um, I'm really good, mate. I'm tired after a long day at work, but still reveling in the, the glory of, as the time of recording, yesterday's result against Crystal Palace. Um, thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, we were dominant from start to finish and Palace didn't really know how to handle and Really good performance from everybody on the pitch, and it's just making the days shorter and sweeter.
1: Yes, and the countdown has begun uh, to the Dortmund game. Daniel, you looking forward to this one? And how have you been, my friend?
3: Oh, I've been great. Absolutely great. Nice weekend. Just got home from my mum's for some Sunday dinner. Had some chocolate fudge cake and custard for pudding. Life oh, yeah. doesn't get any better than that on a Sunday, I don't think. Now we're about to talk about Newcastle in the Champions League. So <laughs> it's been a great day, and I cannot wait for Wednesday already. Yeah, I'm unbelievably excited for this.
1: It's nearly turned into an episode of uh, canny chatter canny there. Yeah, chat- <laughs> you going to say it. Sunday and you in your pudding there. Um, yeah, so we will be doing, or well, we, we are going to be doing, this is what this video is a preview of the Newcastle United versus Borussia Dortmund game. But before we do that, here is a message from our sponsor. The Gallagher Shots Match Preview is brought to you by Magpin. Magpin are the go-to site for high-quality, unofficial enameled pin badges of Newcastle United players, legends and retro kits. For more information, visit their website at magpinbadges.bigcartel.com So then, it's match day three in Group F of the Champions League group stage. Uh, Wednesday the 25th of October is the date and In case you didn't know it already And it is an 8pm kick-off Under the lights, as we all like to say At St. James's Park um, It's going to be an extra special one This one, does anybody know why?
2: Ooh, I can't think why Is it, is, is it something to do with you, is it, Scott?
1: Yes, is I it, am going to, to it's going to be Extra special <laughs> I did get a ticket in the ballot
2: I'm one of the lucky few
1: um, So, yeah, I've, uh, I've booked a very expensive flight, but a very cheap hotel. And I say cheap hotel, I'm staying at my mom's, So it didn't cost us <laughs> a penny. Just even hotel, mum.
2: No better.
1: Man. Can, it, can it fault it? Um, but enough about me. Let's dive into the game. Uh, Dortmund in the Champions League group, currently bottom of that group with one point. Uh, it was a draw against Milan. And then they got, I think it was quite a heavy defeat from PSG, if I remember. To be honest, because of the Milan result, I didn't really look... At the uh, 2-0, <laughs> the 2-0. Um, hmm. So, yeah, a defeat from Patriots. You say 2-0, Daniel, yeah?
3: I think it was 2-0, yeah, off the top of my head. I can find out for you real quick, though. Yeah. Um, <laughs>
1: yeah, 2-0. 2-0. Um, but their league form has picked up a little bit, as uh, we were just discussing off I think, the, Daniel, you have saying there are five league games now on the spin uh, without a defeat.
3: Yeah, f- uh, five wins in a row. Um, okay. They are, I think, they're run beaten all season. I think they're, un- I think they're completely unbeaten in the league. Uh, it's just about five runs in a row. So uh, yeah, they are doing very, very well in the league. They had a couple of little hiccups at the start, draws to Bockham and Heidenheim, but since then they've they've picked up and they've, they've been winning games. Unfortunately, Marco Rice, which we'll talk about later, I'm sure, was injured for a couple of games, came back and then they just started winning again. Which is a shame for us, but I back us against anyone in St. James's Park.
1: Yeah, yeah. Daryl, when when the draw was made, oh God, two months ago now, um, it seems only like yesterday, but when the draw was made, the teams that we got drew against, obviously, Dortmund was probably the game that you thought if any of these teams were going to get a result from, these are the ones you'd fancy your chances on over AC Milan and uh, PSG. Obviously, we know what's happened now, but mm-hmm. do you still have that high level of confidence? Uh, you know, when you look towards this game on on Wednesday,
2: uh, certainly in the home fixture, yes. Um, I know we're going to be playing them back to back now, so we've got them at home in this match day and their next match day to the return fixture in Dortmund. Yeah. Um, but certainly, like we said, even in the build up to PSG and even when the draw was made, you know, you'd fancy our chances in the games at home because we are we are a little bit of an unknown entity for these teams, and we do have that surprise factor on our side as well. And I very much think that it'll be the same again this week as well. Um. The crowd again is going to be playing a massive part in all this. There's another ball flag display to look forward to that we've been preparing for. I think we're sort of preparing for it today as we record on Sunday. Um, I've seen a few posts knocking around since I finished work that we've been in the, in the ground today sorting some big balls out. So look forward to seeing what they've got to see uh, for the display for that as well. Um, and, you know, again, you know, we don't have to come here and we're in a pretty decent run of our own. You know, they, they might be five wins on the spin, but we're five. To wins at home in a row Um, and we haven't lost a game since you know, second or third game into the season, Um, we're we're doing really well at the moment and the momentum on our side is just building and building as each game goes by
1: Yeah and I think, you know both teams will have a bit of momentum, Daniel but like Daryl said, our home form is pretty much second to none really Um, that's got to have something, you know, playing towards our advantage going into this game 100%.
3: 100%. Not only do I think it plays into our advantage that we're at home, I think it plays into our advantage that Dortmund are away. The are leaky yeah. team that don't have the strongest defence in the world. The They've got technically good players at the back that aren't usually overly keen on defending as such, Um, except for Matt Hummels, but he is getting on a little bit. And if we've got Isak against him, I'd back Isak against Hummels nowadays. I love Hummels. Um, He's just one of those defenders from back in the day that when... um I think when a lot of people fell in love with Klopp's Dortmund, he was the centre-back at yeah. Dortmund, then obviously moved to Bayern and has since came back. So he was in there with Subotic at the time. So I think people are quite fond of him as a player, but he is getting on. age catches up to us all, unfortunately. And I think it's a really good time to exploit their weaknesses at the back. And yeah. We are really, really good at home. We are dismantling teams at home generally. So in terms of the crowd... The one thing I will say is Dortmund are used to having mental crowds. Yeah. So we will have to be fired up. I'm sure we will be. I don't think there's any question about the fans' commitment in the stadium for this game whatsoever. Um, I think it will have less of effect than it did on PSG, the crowd, because I think Dortmund are used to it. At the same yeah. time, I think outside of a couple of players that Dortmund have who are absolute quality and might give a few issues, generally their quality of player is a lot less than PSG. So I'm hoping that evens it out and it's uh, just another 4-1 battering.
1: Wow. Prediction already in the show. <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> um, Daryl, as as Daniel's mentioned, it is going to be almost like a war flags versus the yellow wall uh, when it comes mm. to the next, you know, the games back to back. You know, and I think Daniel's right in, in what he's saying is that, you know, the Dortmund players are used to seeing a the display. They used to, you know, I don't think they'll be easily intimidated by something like a war flag display, I think it'll still help us. Um, yeah. But, you know, obviously we're all looking forward to what they have to pull out and, and you know, it, it, it should be great and it'll be nice to be a part of it as opposed to watching it. Um, <laughs> but are you are you, are you of the opinion that, you know, this is just water off the ducks back to these Dortmunds players and they should be well experienced in this sort of thing to to not let it get to them?
2: But well, I think the one thing you can guarantee is that the, the atmosphere and the crowd at the signal in the park is something that Dortmund can draw experience from in terms of what we'll be providing on Wednesday night. Um, we don't even have as an advanced system as they do at Dortmund, any sort of pulley system. It's in a, I think it's an ambition of war flags for that to be the case eventually one day, um, but obviously the, the infrastructure sort of prohibits that for the time being. Um, so I think in terms of that, I think the one thing that we need to do to try and have an effect on the players of Dortmund on Wednesday is to just that to bring that noise again and i know that the on the continent the ultras are quite vocal and they're, they're quite vociferous in, in in the noise that they can bring to a stadium but if it just have to go back to psg it was a case of the whole stadium was acting as one and i don't think you sort of get that sort of atmosphere on the continent as such um you had that entire in milan uh, with the milan ultras but the rest of the stadium doesn't exactly join in the way that they do and we were able to bring that t- to the psg game and I think it really helped it you know as much as it may have hindered psg and it probably won't hinder Dortmund it certainly helps us and it certainly helps the boys on the pitch in black and white and and that's going to give them that added boost that's going to be required especially against a, a team like Dortmund and Daniel says yes they'll have their weaknesses in some areas of the pitch but they're an experienced European team and they've been in this competition for a long a long long time now. Um, and it doesn't take much in this competition for a couple of, um, you know, a couple of glimpses of quality to, to see you through a team. And I think they we'll get onto it, I'm sure. But we, you know they can cause problems for us, and it's up to us to cause better problems for them uh, and to be more clinical.
1: Yeah, I mean, if we, if we look at some of the, the players to, to kind of watch out for, Daniel on the Dortmund side, I've made a few notes. You can correct me on some of this if it's wrong, but I've got Branton and Maylen. They seem to be the left and right back who I think they've got five goals between them this season.
3: Left quite, and right wingers, um, they are wingers. So the left, oh, okay, they, they'll swap sides. Malin is just rapid, that's what he is. Um, he's he's probably their most improved player this season. He's been a little bit, um, all fart, no shite, <laughs> pardon my friend, <laughs> um, historically, especially particularly for the Netherlands. But at the back end of last season, he you, you started to improve. He's finishing. This season, he's been much better. Julian Brandt is a brilliant, brilliant footballer. He's someone that can get in behind, but he's not the quickest. I suppose the the sort of nearest comparison is maybe like a Kulizewski, where he wants the ball into his feet, and he can. He's he is right-footed opposed to left, but he can use both feet. He's a German, so of course he's technically uh, technically proficient. But he wants to slide passes through. He's a good dribbler. He can take someone on. Um, and he's been outstanding for them this season. So, yeah, two players that you've picked out. Of, one is excellent and the other one is really good.
1: Yeah, and the other two I had written down, obviously, Hummels, which you've already alluded to. I think he's got two goals this season as well. I don't know if he's going to start, but obviously he's, you know, I'm, I'm going to assume they've came from corners, uh, unless he's like a Fabian Cher type center back, <laughs> like to, you know, <laughs> wander in no man's land whenever he feels like it with a ball and just hoof it. Um, and then obviously, you know, we touched on Marco Rouse or Roos, um, Rice, Rice, like Rolls like, Royce, like, like a Rolls Royce. Well, we've got our own Rolls Royce who should be back in this game I and mean, either I should have him <laughs> in his back pocket, but we'll see. Um, although I don't know if he is going to be back, we'll see what happens, but yeah, I mean, he obviously, you know, I think he's the heartbeat in that attack for Dortmund. Uh, three goals and one assist even though he's been out um this season. Um but like you said Daniel he is the penalty taker for Dortmund so you know take his stats really with a pinch of salt when it comes to goals scored.
3: Yeah I think it's more his overall influence in the seat in the team. He's the he's the captain and he is Mr. Dortmund. He he famously came out and said Bayern can never buy me when all these mates like Goethe and Hummels did go off to them. I think he did leave Bayern when he was really young in his career, about 19, came back, and he is just Mr. Bayern now. Uh, sorry, uh, left Dortmund, came back, and now he's Mr. Mm. Dortmund now. Sorry. Um, so, yeah, he's the heartbeat. He is um, He's the one that they will look to when they're sort of having a bad game. In his influence outside of what he can do on the ball cannot be understated so he is going to be one of their main danger men and it's got nothing to do with his fantastic technical ability on the ball as well just to compound things uh they've signed fulkrug in the summer so people may have seen him for Germany at the World Cup came off the bench scored against Spain he's a really good forward he can do like anything and everything he's maybe not a world-class forward but he can blast that ball. He's, a, he's like a Shearer, I'm going to put my foot through it. He's like a Wish.com Alan Shearer, where you can score in the box, score out the box, he'll be physical, he'll head it, he can get past people. That's sort of his game. He had a poor game at the weekend, but prior to that, he got a couple of goals. And because of all the options he can provide as a sole striker, uh, opposed to the other forwards that they've got, like Mokoko and Haller, It's opened up Dortmund's game, and I'm sure one of the reasons why their form has really improved is by actually playing him up front now, because they've got so many different options on how they can play. You can lay the ball off, you can get in behind, they can cross the ball in. So that's going to be a really, really interesting battle between him and our defenders, but I think our defenders are going to relish it, because he feels like a Premier League striker.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, we can turn our attention to our defenders and, and, and our team, really, as a whole, Daryl. Um, obviously, weekend, yeah. just gone. few players back from injury. You know, a couple of players who maybe were rested a little bit uh, for this game. Um, you know, big question marks really are over Sven Botman. And is he going to be fit or not? Um, you know, we've seen him look. I, I don't want to say lurking around, but he was in and around the dressing room. He was in the crowd uh, watching the game. Um, you know, What's your opinions? What what's the word that you've heard? Is is he going to be back in time? Is he not? Um, you know, I'm not calling well, United here um, or anything, but you
2: know, well, no, but <laughs> well, um, you know, as we did in the preview for the, the Crystal Palace game, we thought he might if he was close to being fit, he could still be rested for that game. However, I think Eddie Howe came out afterwards and said that he was still another couple of weeks away mm. before being back in. So we're going to have to live with him for, without him in the squad for another little while yet. However, that's not really a problem at the minute because the cells has come in and been an absolutely outstanding replacement for him and he's come in and he's just been like the, the complete model professional and he's been doing his work diligently and he's been fantastic Um, he's got a few clean sheets to his name alongside Fabian Sher and Trippier and Byrne um, so you know we can't really fault the, the fact that we're missing Sven Botman at all Um. The problems then become if one of those two currently gets injured, and then we're go- then we're really starting to to sprint and save, and it's a case of either moving Dan Burn in or bringing Paul Dummett into the side. And that's when things start to get a bit muddy. But Kieran Trippier came off early on Saturday, so he'll be ready to go. I think for, for Wednesday, he, he his legs were saved yeah. for the last ten 15 minutes. Um, and again, you know, it's it's always been this question about Dan Byrne coming up against these tricky, pacey wingers, and To be honest, this season he seems to have passed every test with flying colours, so I'm not even that worried about that this time around, Um, especially after the way he dealt with Diaby against PSG as well. Um, He had that one early scare, and then it was plain sailing for him pretty much for the rest of the game. So the the defence in itself should be more than capable of handling this Dortmund attack. I think the key thing for me is just pushing it up slightly into midfield, and it's going to be how that midfield three handles the threat of the attack. And I think for me, the, the, the return of Joe Linton on Saturday was absolutely pivotal for that. Um, and I think for me, I'd be wondering whether or not, I mean, we don't want to have to be negatively worrying about how to deal with Dortmund's players. It's more, what can we do to impose ourselves on them? But I think the option may be to try and stick either Bruno or Joe Linton on Marco Royce to try and stifle his game and maybe disrupt that Dortmund attack. Um, but like I said, it the defence isn't that much of a concern at the minute because it's ticking along really nicely and they're doing really well.
1: Yeah, and I suppose if we do move up to that midfield, Daniel, obviously we kind of mentioned the midfield without touching a little bit on the Sandro Tonali incident. Um, Are we expecting that to be the the hearing before the game and he'd be missing or do you think I maybe th- he, could, he could feature still?
3: I think he's going to feature. I, again, I have no idea whether he's going to start or not. I doubt he will. The fact that you gave the go ahead for Joel Linton start in midfield the weekend, um, so I think it'll be another benching for Tenali. But I think it's going to be after this game that I think that's the end of it for me yeah. personally. I think that's going to be when the hearing's done. I think it's going to be midweek at some point, and then once this all stamped etc., I think that's him going to be unfortunately suspended for I reckon twelve months. That's sort of where I think it'll be. be 12 to 18 months is what's speculated, but I think close out of 12. Mm. Um, yeah, so that's going to... It's not ideal. It's not ideal, but it's a good time for Joel to come back. We've still got Elliot Anderson, who I think has been terrific in there when he has mm. played anyway. Um, Step into the world of power.
0: Loyalty That's chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void word prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. And then you
3: don't even need them when you've got bloody Sean Longstaff and Bruno in the (laughs) way that they're playing at the minute. They are unbelievable. Like, Bruno definitely doesn't have an ankle injury anymore. He is on it. And Sean Longstaff (laughs) is just absolutely mustard. Them two, I think, are going to make all the difference in this game. I think they are the key to the game. Bruno's the one that I'd put on Rice uh, because Bruno is more more like tenacious than Joe Linton, but also positionally. Marco Rice is absolutely fantastic playing in the pocket. And we are historically not very good at playing against number 10s because we don't have that number six. Like we don't have that yeah. natural player. Joe Linton's biggest issue playing in midfield is his position is pretty bad, I'd say it's below average for a central midfielder, it's better than what it was and he's definitely been improving however I think with these injuries and then getting played left wing last season which I think he's better at anyway um, I think that's caused him to again regress into the fact that he's just not a centre mid, he's raised as a forward he played most of last season as a left winger and that's absolutely fine I love him for what he is because of that, we're, we're talking about margins at a, an elite level you can't yeah. put Joe Linton on Marco Rice. That's a complete mismatch. As big and as physical as Joe Linton is, like we're all grown ups here, doesn't matter that he's bigger than Marco Rice. Marco Rice is four steps ahead in his brain. He's quick um, and he just needs half a yard for a shot. Or Mm. even worse, to pass a ball through because he can thread balls. Whereas I think Bruno, being, I think over the last four weeks, probably the best midfielder in the league it it just makes sense to get him there. And then he, Marco Rice might not track him when we're in possession in terms of picking up the ball at Backy's fitness, especially after, what did he play, 65 minutes, 70 minutes at the weekend when he's yeah. been mm-hmm. playing 90-plus minutes recently before that. So I have full confidence that Bruno can do both ends against Rice, and he's going to have the support of Sean Longstaff anyway with him in that just, just allow Joel Linton to be Joel Linton in the middle, let him bully people, let him not have to worry about too much, allow him to be the one that, because I I imagine we're going to do similar to PSG where we have that Venus fly trap sort of tactic. Mm. When the ball comes through, we then press from both ends defensively. And then the midfield allow him to do that where he can't be caught with his pants down or anything. That's sort of where I'd be leaning for what I'd want us to do. Um, and I think our midfield three against Emery Chan and Mecha, who we were linked with in the summer, yeah. um, came out with some homophobic comments. So I don't think many Newcastle fans actually wanted them as soon as he made those public. And then Mark O'Royce. I think we can, I definitely think we can get the better of those three just for the amount of energy that we've got.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, if we turn our attention a bit higher up the pitch to the attacking. Three as, as as it probably will be with an Eddie Howe team. Um, I think we're we'll probably all in agreement that Anthony Gordon starts. I don't think anyone yeah. really goes ahead of him. But I think this weekend, Eddie Howe has given himself the ultimate headache, <laughs> the killer migraine. <laughs> and what do you do with a player like Jacob Murphy who is having the form of his life, having the uh, probably the best years he's ever had in a Newcastle shirt this season and last season, and then. Put Mickey Elmer on, who you know you probably expect to walk back into the side, but then Murphy pulls out a performance that you did against Palace. Um, is it just to keep it as is, Daryl, or is it, is it a rest Murphy and give Miggy his opportunity? Although it's not really house style, is it?
2: That's true, and I think just to, to kibosh that just for a second, I probably think we, 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 we can all agree in here that Isaac will start,
3: yes, I think. I, uh, I think your sack will start. I think
2: it, it, it speaks for I, was, I was surprised it he got
3: and I think...
1: on Saturday, mm. Or Sunday. I didn't yeah. think he would get any at all. I thought he would, but he's a player who hasn't played or trained, I think, in two weeks. Yeah, because he maybe that was just getting minutes in him.
3: You have Absolutely. to. You, you've got to. You yeah. can't have him going to this game cold. He's, he's got to even half yeah. an hour just running about, getting a touch of the ball, getting that feel
2: back. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, to get back onto the the right hand side um, conundrum, I suppose is a good way to put it. For me, I think the Champions League style of football suits miggy Almiron down to the ground, and it paid dividends against PSG at home in the last in the last game. Um, it's very much miggy's little playground itself on that side. Um, his pace comes, in, you know what? His pace and his his desire and his work it really comes to the fore when when we're playing in this in this competition, um, and I don't know what it is, but I just think that, like, we might not see it as much domestically from Miggie, but on a European stage, it really suits him down to the ground. Um, And I really feel sorry for Jacob Murphy because I, I've mentioned something this afternoon at the time of recording on, on Twitter about the, the graphic that was used to, to mark his goal yesterday. I, I'd quite happily see Jacob Murphy score forever, just to say that keep going and be used going forward. But, um, and I think he, he, he can probably be hard done by and understand understand that... You know, I think all the players understand that the selection is based on the maximum return we can get in a game. Rather than it's nothing personal, and the way the group are, you know, we know there's a lot of togetherness within the group, and it's a really close group of players, and they're all backing and fighting for each other. So it doesn't really matter who starts. Um, they're all there and they're all supporting each other, and they all want each other to do well. Um, unless you're Callum Wilson and Alexander Isak, of course, that's been publicly known, uh, publicly made public knowledge, I should say. Um, but yeah. I think it, it, for me it would be Miggy come back. And I think the only reason Miggy didn't play more minutes on on Saturday was simply because he was a late arrival back from the national duty in yeah. South America with Paraguay. So it made sense. Again, he got a few minutes anyway towards the end, just like Isaac, and just to to bring him back in and warm him up again and get him a couple of training sessions before the game on Wednesday, and let him let him run riot down that side against Brant and or, or whatever, and see what see what trouble he can cause.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think I think as well, you know. Jacob Murphy's already said in interviews that he knows his place in terms of like, I know it'll be, you know, I'm not going to play every game. I'm just, But he's just happy to be there, I think. And, Aye. you know, I think mm. he, he got his start against, was it Milan he started against or was it? Yeah, Milan. Yeah, yeah it was. Yeah. And you saw how much that meant to him when yeah. he was just lining up. Um, he's one he was, of us. He'd love to do that at St. James' Park, exactly. But maybe that's a game where, you know, I'm not wanting to jinx anything yet, yeah, but if we're through... And we're qualified before that Milan home game. Look at Daniel's face. I'm putting it out there. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you only need 10 points,
1: and we're close. Well, we've got four, but uh yeah. But um, I think you know that might be the opportunity where you give some of those play- the fringe players their opportunity to start in a Champions League game and get that, get those minutes in. Plus, those can come on off the bench and actually cause havoc as well. So you know, yeah. It's a nice conundrum to have. Um, we'll turn our attentions to our predictions. Um, Daryl, mate, we'll stick with you. What's your predictions for Wednesday night?
2: Ah, uh, well, you know what it is? I really don't want to sound. I mean, I'm not going to sound overly confident in this. I don't want to sound like big headed or out like that. But you know, given the way everything went against PSG, and it was all like suddenly all the stars aligned and everything just worked out perfectly forward to a degree. Um, I really do think that we can do it again. Not necessarily to the same effect, um, but I do think that the crowd, that, that place is something else on a Champions League night. Um, everything I remember from 20 years ago to just a few weeks ago when we, when we played PSG and everything coming flooding back and the emotions are running high and the place is just bouncing. atmosphere is electric, the whole lot. Um, I don't see why we can't do the same again as a fan base and, and regenerate that atmosphere. Um and I think we'll probably I think it'll be a lot closer than PSG to be fair. And I think we'll probably as I said for PSG actually, I think we'll edge out two one winners.
1: Two one, nice. Yeah, I think I think Daniel, these uh these evening kickoffs suit a Newcastle crowd. Um I don't know what yeah. it is. We might have to ask Michael Richards what <laughs> I think are. it's but, um, I think it's the culture in the world of the culture, <laughs> that's it. But, but you know all these Champions League games are you know, apart from you know, maybe we you get a five o'clock one, but even then, yeah. Later the on, last they are and... all eight o'clocks, aren't they? Yeah. I think the Milan games are five o'clock kickoff, if I remember rightly. Well, the the um, first oh, oh, and also
3: the first Milan kickoff was a six o'clock kickoff, or whatever it was in this country. Yeah, hmm. yeah, it, was, it would have been caught at a six six o'clock. The next Dortmund game away is an early one, but I think the Milan yeah. at home and the PSG away are both eight o'clocks as well.
2: Yeah.
1: But right. with that in mind, what's your predictions?
3: Uh, Three 0 <laughs> Newcastle.
1: Oh, straight in there.
3: Yeah. Do you know what i mean. Just, think...
1: just full stop. <laughs> yeah. Mic drop.
3: It's attached, I think. I think if we score one, Dortmund capitulates. They've got a very weak mentality. The manager isn't very oh. good. I think the fact that we're at home means a lot. The fact that they're away means a lot. Um, I think away from home is going to be a very different story. By the way, I'm not. It's. I just think, Daryl said it right. He, he, I'm being very sort of logical about it, but I just like the way that he put it with the stars aligned, and mm. I just feel like they are aligning at the minute. Like we drew nil nil with Palace twice last season. We've just thumped them four. It could have been six or seven. And with how we're playing, even away from home, like I know that we didn't. We didn't have a great game against West Ham, but West Ham are a European team. Um and, and that's that's my concern when we go away to Tottenham, when we go away to Paris and that sort of thing. And we saw what happened away to Milan, but at home I fear absolutely no one except for a 10 man Liverpool. <laughs>
1: um, can I ask one question before I give my predictions? Were the stars aligning Just those Salah drones? Is that what that was? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that exactly nice that, yeah. yeah, okay. Yeah. Cool. Thank you, Salah. Well, yeah, thank you, Salah, for the drones and the fire the, stars. the massive the massive kit on the first game. Bring the kit back. Although well, the Champions nice. League star goes in the middle uh, on a Wednesday night. So uh, maybe it's not this game. Um I I'm in two minds because I've I've said to myself, I need to stop lowballing my predictions because every time I go it's gonna be one 0 to be 2 0 we end up smashing teams. Um, but obviously this is a completely different story, it's a completely different level of competition. Um, you know, and you know. I do think Dortmund will score. I don't think they'll score first. Um, But I think, I'm with Daniela. if we can get the first goal, we're off to the races and and there's no stopping where, you know, maybe the Dortmund goal will be a consolation near the end. But we'll see what happens. Um, I'm going to go for a 3-1 victory. Um, I think, I I don't think we'll get as an early goal as we have been scoring of late. um, But I think we'll certainly get you know, maybe it's 30 minutes in, we're going to get an absolute wonder goal from Bruno. Um, and I'm going to stick me neck out. I'm going to give you goal scorers. Why not? I think it's going to be Bruno. I think <laughs> Anthony Gordon is going to miss five opportunities and then score two more. Uh, so it's going to be Ooh, Gordon wow. with two and then Bruno wow, with one. F- I, mean, give you, I mean, give you missed chances. I mean, how, what, what more can you want? That's a lot for really?
3: Gordon, two goals. Cause he does, he, I mean, you'll have, you'll have three on a plate and I think you'll get one. Just, I've just had a quick look there. Um, Not a jinx anything. I'm touching wood as I speak. Everyone, that's uh, superstitious. Dortmund have conceded in every away game this season. There you are. So I just think... I think we score, and I think if we score, you're exactly right. Off to the races. I'm just nicking all your lines now, lads.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, Mm -hmm. before anything else gets stolen tonight, let's wrap this one up. (laughs) Uh, Boys, it's been a pleasure. Um, Let us know in the comments below what you think the score is going to be. Uh, let us know if you're a Dortmund fan watching this. Have we missed anything out? As a, you know, Are you looking forward to the game? Are you looking forward to a night on the big market afterwards? Because that's what it's all about, uh, as well as the, the football. Um, and if you are going to the game, uh, have the best time. Um, I will. I don't care what the score is going to be. I'm going to have the best time. Because um, I watched that PSG game, and I promised myself I'm going to one of these Champions League games, and I just got very, very lucky. Uh, like I said. Um, But we will see you in the next one. If you've liked this video, scroll down from this video and hit the subscribe button if you want to be know when new videos go live you can hit the little bell that appears once you do that and uh, give us a thumbs up or a thumbs down if you've liked or disliked this video it feeds the algorithm and it gets us into the hands of other newcastle and dortmund fans um if you want to go one step further we do have a membership program it's 2.99 or 4.99 a month that gets you early access to these type of videos Get you exclusive access to certain other videos. It also gets you access to the Telegram group and the Discord group. And if you're even lucky, you get to play us at FIFA clubs randomly one night, as what happened <laughs> one night this week, I believe. Um,
2: it did, it did.
1: It, and if you've enjoyed the FIFA video, we're about to record another one after this, and there'll be another one out this week as well. Hopefully, Hopefully with just
3: as much bleeps from all the swearing, fingers oh, yes. crossed I we've, hope so
1: told Ian, but if Daryl gets the wrong kits again I cannot be
2: held responsible hey, for what my fault. I, nice. I didn't do anything wrong there
1: uh, Anyway, thanks everybody Thanks Daniel, thanks Daryl I keep calling you Darren because that's your FIFA name <laughs> <laughs> uh, We will see you in the next one I'll see you in Newcastle. Um, see you in Newcastle. i new well well you come up to us. <laughs> Can't wait for a paint, mate. Can't wait. Excellent. See you, everybody. Ta-da. Bye now.
0: Podcast Network. 18 plus.